You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When the red light goes... Take two. When the red light goes off, we're just getting started. This... It's off air with Chris Thomas and Steven Gagliano giving you a look behind the scenes of Atlanta's top sports station as we take you through the top stories of the week from the world of sports and entertainment. Welcome to Off Air. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome on in. It is the latest episode of the Off Air podcast. Chris Thomas joined as always by my fellow 92.9 The Game producer, Steve Gagliano. Oh, my goodness, Steve, what a weekend it was in Atlanta. Braves sweep the Mets. Georgia gets a scare and survives. Georgia Tech beats a ranked team out of nowhere. And then there were the Atlanta Falcons. Two and two, tied for the division lead. Come on, Steve. Who saw that coming? Not me. Me either. And, man, we talked about it last week as far as what a Monday looks like after a Falcons win and when there all there's when there's all this stuff going on. And this morning was no different, man. I, I got here, I think, as far as cuts go on, on the steakhouse as I continue filling in for Oren. I think I had what 37 cuts on the cut sheet. And you know, it's only a two hour show. There's no time to get to all of them. But that just goes to show how busy of a morning it is around a radio station like oh, this. But on you a better day. have all of them, Steve. That's oh the yes. Thing, for producers in the city. They were locked and loaded. Even even if even if they only use three of them, you better have all thirty-five on that sheet. Of course, or doth hell to pay. There's <laughs> yeah, no thank God I had them, and and thank God it was that kind of weekend here in Atlanta that uh, that we needed all that stuff. Um, <laughs> doth have no fury like a radio host scorned without their cuts. Trust me, <laughs> I'm an expert in that field. Um, so something interesting happened during this game that we got to lead this show off with regarding the Falcons. Uh, Third quarter, three minutes to go. Game is wide open. Anybody's game. They're going back and forth, running the football. It was a really exciting game. Then Mr. Mariota does what he's been doing all season, unfortunately, which is throw an untimely interception. And here's what happened. Ready? I'm going to method act here. Get him out of here. Get Ritter in the game. Marcus Mariota's a scrub. You can't win with him. He sucks. <laughs> and that was tweeted over and over and over and over and over by fans, media, hosts on a radio station, uh, columnists. Uh, Get Ritter in there was basically about to trend on Twitter. But that then, method acting you did, was that of a certain 92.9 The Game host that I know was at the game yesterday? 
Uh, we're going to leave that to the listeners and viewers' <laughs> imagination. Uh, but you can go back and check the receipts on people's timelines. Um, but then, Steve, they won the game. And it was great. And now, as we said off the jump, we're tied for the excuse me, the division lead. So the question is, are they going to be beholden to their hot takes or what? We saw it work once before with the Kyle Pitts stuff. You never know. Maybe the media and, and fans alike can get a quarterback change. I don't, I don't think it should happen, but I don't know. The, the louder that this conversation gets, the harder it is to ignore. And, you know, we talked about it this morning, actually, with Stake and Sandra saying at times it feels like the Falcons are, are kind of winning in spite of Marcus Mariota. Here's the question, though. Another question. Let me ask you this. Is that even the right move, though? Because the Falcons won the game. They won another game with him. I know he's basically had this – he has this knack now for making bad decisions at, at the worst possible time, which is not a trait that you want your quarterback possessing, I and I fully understand that. And they wound up only throwing the ball, I think. I think it was 19 seven? times. Yeah, he was nine for – was he nine for 17 or seven for 19? Yeah, what do you have, seven completions? That's for 19, what it was. Yeah, seven yeah. of 19. So, I mean, that's not a consistent recipe for winning. But I don't know that throwing the rookie in there is what you want to do either. So, if the Falcons clearly don't make the change, what about these hot take artists? What are we going to do with the guys – that were pounding the table before the team won yesterday. Are they going to have to come on the air this week and eat crow? Or are they going to be able to run with their take if and when the season falls apart? Which, I don't know. I don't see it necessarily falling apart at this point. I think I think the team is going to be consistently in games for almost every game this season. I'm sure there will be a blowout or two. But from what what we've seen so far, this team just isn't going to crumble. So as long as they stick with Marcus, do we have some people who may need to come on the air and say, or write in their columns and say, or go back on Twitter and say, maybe I was jumping the gun a little bit? Yeah, I, I think so. And, and you had a great tweet on that yesterday of saying, while, you know, and specifically for the Browns game yesterday, the game was still there to be won. So you can't change quarterbacks to a guy that you mentioned in Desmond Ritter is a complete unknown. Sure, we saw him in the preseason, but that's the preseason. The regular season is a whole different animal. So to just go ahead and, and kind of punt that game perhaps to say, ah, let's get the rookie in there and see what he can do. You can't do the same thing for the season because right now you're two and two. The Saints are not a great football team right now. The Panthers also a team that you're probably going to be able to beat twice. Yep. You go to Tampa this weekend with a chance to, you know, lead the division after five weeks of the season. And now a lot can happen between now and the end, but with all of your goals still in front of you, you can't uproot the whole thing and make a quarterback change. So I, I think whether it's hosts or columnists or everyone on Twitter, I think until you see signs that this team can't win with Marcus Mariota in there, I think that's got to be the plan moving forward. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, 
This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, the thing is that you've seen what Marcus Mariota can do is he can operate the offense the way that Arthur Smith wants it to operate. He doesn't execute the offense the way that it needs to be executed at times with the interceptions and the fumbles and the botched snaps, which is just a weird thing, by the way. He he and Dolman like a nervous tick almost. Like, yeah, I don't know he, what it is. He and Dolman have not been on the same page in critical moments. I don't know what's going on there. But regardless, it's all sort of packaged into the same thing where at critical moments he makes mistakes. But the other 90% of the game he's doing the things that Arthur Smith wants him to do, which is set up play action, set up the running game, make the make the easy completions when you need to. So if you put Ritter in there, because he's never taken a snap in the NFL, you're jeopardizing losing that. So if you lose that, then you lose the integrity of your offense and the things that you're able to do now successfully – teams can hone in on and stop them because they know that the other things that need to happen around that there's a question mark on if they can still be done when you put a guy in there that's taken zero snaps in the NFL that's that's the crux of the issue it's not just throw Ritter in there and you'll be able to do the exact same thing it's like yeah you could say that oh well Ritter could have just handed off 10 times in a row on that touchdown drive where Huntley scored it's like he could have but the Browns could have then easily changed what they were doing on defense because you got a new quarterback in there. And it's not exactly the same as having a five, six year vet who can operate the offense. It's he's not, you can, you can shake a guy like Ritter up a lot more. So that's my issue with it. So I think that's why there's going to be a lot of people that are clamoring for Ritter that are going to have to eat some crow. Cause I, I just don't think it's going to happen. unless again, unless the bottom drops out. Yeah. And, you know, to that point also, as far as just having a veteran guy in there in certain situations, the snaps from Drew Dahlman are not great. And there were a few yesterday even that were a little high. Mariota, it was his fault on one of them. But I don't know, can Desmond Ritter, you know, handle a mistake made by the center, a snap that gets you off, you know, off track? Can he get the play back and not make the next mistake? Can you recover from that and not make it worse? Mariota has shown the ability to at least do that for now. So in those kind of situations, I'm not giving Marcus Mariota all the credit in the world saying he's the best quarterback ever, but I do think he gives you a stable, steady hand as you navigate through this early part of the season. And again, he's got the Falcons at least in a position to compete in every game. And now the last two weeks, they've shown an ability to win those games. Yeah. And, and it'll be so interesting to see what happens next weekend when you play Tom Brady in the Bucks, and you get a real test. And I know they gave up a lot of points yesterday to the Chiefs, but, I mean, no one's confusing the Falcons' offense with the Chiefs' offense. So <laughs> Definitely um, not. I think that you'll see a Tampa Bay defense that looked a lot more like the first three weeks than it did last week. All right, let's – I know we're working on it here. Do we have a transition sounder yet? We do. It's oh. not exactly what we're looking for, but this oh. is what we've got. Let's transition, Steve. 
oh man that was that was much longer than it was supposed to be so we just we need one of those <laughs> that's that began to sound like window windshield wipers by the end of it but no good the efforts there that's all we can ask for. yes all right couple things from this weekend that i saw and viewed in the movie tv world that really caught my eye uh first of all quickly i saw smile holy crap i love horror movies i'm a big horror movie junkie i even watch them alone in my apartment at night um you know i'm not afraid of scares or anything like that um my dad passed that down to me he's a huge horror movie fan he even writes like low budget horror movie scripts on the side got a couple made um you oh, know nice. you could have we need to we need to act out one of those yeah <laughs> um that'll be a station project we'll get yeah. everybody in on it scarecrows versus zombies coming out in 2023 Get i love it. it it'll be available on i think amazon prime um so i saw a smile and steve wow um i don't know if it's the scariest movie i've ever seen but it's it's close I mean, it's relentless. It just doesn't stop. Like, usually the movie, you know, it'll set up the plot. Something scary will happen. Then, like, you know, you'll get a fake scare of, like, the the person walks into an empty room, but it's their boyfriend behind them, you know, seeing what's up or, you know, something like that as opposed to just this movie, Steve, is constantly scaring the crap out of you. It just does not stop. I would say every five to 10 minutes, there's something that will make your heart skip a beat or five. That's when um, you need your Apple watch on or something. So you can have your heart yeah. rate being tracked all throughout. It. Um, if I took a lady, lady friend to see that movie, she would be embarrassed of me because I was <laughs> legitimately like, you know, I was rattled a little bit in the theater yeah. by the end, especially. Um, so any, I know it's October, which is obviously, uh, if we do it by the social media terms, hashtag spooky season. Um, it has begun. I'm all about it. I'll usually watch, you know, every weekend, at least in October, a few classics and then a few new movies that are out. And I highly recommend if you're a horror fan, go see this one. It's just the imagery that the director used. And it's crazy because this was his first movie ever that he directed. Uh, I forget the guy's name, but props to him. He was he's incredible. Wow, so what you're saying is a rookie can be great, so Desmond Ritter should come in for Marcus Mariota. Wow. <laughs> wow, we're, 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 we're incepting our <laughs> conversations right here. Um, but yeah, I don't, are you a horror movie guy? You know, I saw a lot of them, I felt like, in like middle school and high school because like big groups of us would go. Like The Ring and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and like I was never a big fan of horror movies, actually. Like I was, I'm not great with like jump scares and all that kind of stuff. I haven't seen one in a long time because after I saw so many in a row, I was like, all right, I can't take it. So, but so this movie is basically like The Ring, The Grudge. It has like that sort of a plot line to it mm. where it's like something happens to the main character and then she's like on a journey to figure out why and it has to do with like entities but also like herself things that have happened to her so it very much takes the playbook of one of those movies but it's to me it's 10 times scarier than any of those movies from the 2000s and just the 
the imagery of the, the people smiling, like it's just so inherently disturbing the yeah. way that they do it. And there's just a few scenes that just come out of nowhere that are just like, holy crap. Like, like I was just between the gore and the, the creepiness and the, the way that they like it never it never you're almost like constantly head on a swivel like what's going to happen next. There's almost never like I said a few minutes ago, there's never that point in the movie where you just go like, ah, it's two people sitting at a breakfast table having a conversation. Like, this is building towards something. Nothing scary is going to happen here. You always felt like something scary could happen at any moment. So you were like clenching the seat, sweaty palms the entire time. It was just highly recommend if you're a horror fan or you want a good, fun, scary movie date night, go see Smile worth every penny and it scared the holy hell out of me you know um, here here in atlanta obviously the braves fighting for the nle's title which they all but secured last night on sunday night baseball right. that's been the story for baseball here in atlanta elsewhere where teams are kind of out of it and the season has been over for a while a lot of what has been trending on twitter from some of these baseball games was like a viral marketing campaign for smile that's right. And so when all that was happening, and if you missed it, it, it was people sitting right behind home plate. And just like Chris said, the creepy look of a just huge smile on their face, but it was like a villainous smile. And they held it for like, what, 45 minutes straight at some of these games? They just wore a t-shirt that said smile on it. Yeah. So. Something very, very, uh, you know, very sketchy about that. And so seeing all that, I wondered... Like, is this a cheesy thing that's going to come out before a bad movie and they're just trying to create hype? So I'm I'm glad to know that it led to what is now a really critically acclaimed movie. I know you saw it. A lot of people have, have been talking about it on Twitter. So maybe this is what gets me out of my, my horror movie slump and I go back to it. Well, you and your wife will have... Uh... A night of tossing and turning if you guys go together and see it. Uh, I'm sure that the Halloween classics that you're watching are not the same as the ones she watches. It's Halloween Town, Hocus Pocus. Uh, she watched well, Hocus Pocus 2. When I, was I was about to say, that watch parties abound for Hocus yeah. Pocus 2 this weekend. That's a get See, for me, like that's one of those that holds such a special place in my childhood. Like That movie was of such a certain time. Like Those Friday night Disney movies that would come out like yep. uh, Smart House and The Luck of the Irish and all those movies that were there. And the, the I forget the name of the one with Hilary Duff. Um, like, don't make a remake 20 years later. Right. Yeah, you missed the window. If you wanted yeah. to make a sequel, do it right then. Yeah, like, come on. What do we do? Oh, Top Gun is the only one that breaks yeah. that mold. That's the That's exception the, to the rule. Right. Every other movie that has a sequel that comes out many, many, many years later not for me. So I will not be seeing Hocus. I want I want the first one to maintain the place that it has with me, which is a special place. We were the perfect age at that time for those Disney Friday night movies and the second one, I'm sure I'm sure it's fine, but not for me. What was I, for me um Steve is uh What's it? Now, now I'm drawing a, what the hell did Oh, Dahmer. Dahmer. That's yes. it. Dahmer. I was like, yeah, good transition. And then my brain just stopped working. Um, that also phenomenal. Uh, something else that if you're a fan of true crime and cult classics and stuff like that, uh, Evan Peters was absolutely phenomenal from American Horror Story 
if you're a fan of that. Um, so good. It's 10 episodes. They're like 45 minutes each. I watched it over the, I watched basically like from last week up until Saturday, I finished, I basically watched like one, one a day. Um, but my question for you is like, what's up with everyone being obsessed with true crime and that sort of genre? Cause I'm not, a. I wouldn't say I'm obsessed with it. I don't listen to all the podcasts about murder mysteries and I don't watch like documentaries about murder mysteries, but Dahmer I saw got great reviews and I love Evan Peters. So I wanted to check it out and it was great, but we as a culture in this country, it's a weird obsession that we have with this stuff. It is. And again, you know, the only podcasts I listen to are off air Peachtree football, all those, all our Odyssey podcasts. Uh, so I'm not a big serial killer true crime kind of guy but yeah you're right the way that it all just exploded all it seemed to be so all of a sudden that it happened was everybody just tweeting all these things about different shows and it just took over all of a sudden and and i don't necessarily get it i because i think in a lot of them the common thread and you can tell me if i'm wrong but the common thread is oh he seemed like such a normal guy or girl i don't it doesn't seem like there's as many female serial killers but a lot of them are just yeah he was normal and nobody would have ever expected this so i feel like the more i would watch those things the more i'm gonna look to my left look to my right and think oh man this guy's gonna try to chop me up into little pieces and like well i can say for for jeffrey Dahmer, he certainly wasn't uh giving anyone any impressions that he was anything else other than a total creep from the time he was a little kid he was they portrayed him in in the in this series at least as the outcast in school, the guy that would like go home and rather like pick up roadkill and like dissect it than um, go play sports and stuff like that. And he didn't have very many friends. And then he just got weirder and weirder, and the procliv- proclivities got more uh, horrifying as he got older and older. But it was just interesting to see. They, they really tried to do a good job of balancing, like, not making you feel sympathetic for a serial killer and also, like, giving you a real insight into his life and his mind and why he was doing the things he was doing. And they, they didn't, like, it was gory and it was gross, but it wasn't, like, gratuitous at the mm. same time. Like, you didn't feel like they were showing you like scary images or disgusting images just for the sake of doing so. And I, and I think a decision was made there to like not protect the victims and their families. Cause I mean, they let it all out there, but it's also all out there for public record at this point. It's not like they're sharing new information, but it was just, it was just so fascinating to watch this guy's sort of descent into um, enjoying the things that he enjoyed, which was eating and having sex with dead people which is just uh, not something you see every day. No. Um, And you touched on something else there as far as like, I guess that one didn't necessarily create the same sympathy for a guy like him, but other ones, uh, what was it? The Ted Bundy. That was it. It was a Netflix one. And like Zac Efron was cast as Ted Bundy. And then all of a sudden you have a bunch of people on social media saying like, Oh, Ted Bundy was hot or whatever. And like, that's not the desired goal of no, what these shows are created for. It's to show you that these are deranged people, not for you to, you know, not to fall in love with them essentially, or or have this kind of 
sympathy for them. So I'm glad that this new one didn't do that. All right, Steve, hit my windshield wipers. There we go. <laughs> oh, look at that. You were able to edit on the fly. Love yeah. it. Um, all right. So I'm, from, I'm that good. So from, well, we, we said you're the Swiss Army knife of the station, <laughs> which is working both to your positive development and your detriment as you're being yeah. asked to do literally everything. Um, <laughs> so Hall of Fame audio for, for this week. And for those who don't know, every single episode, Steve and I will bring you our HOFA Hall of Fame audio clip of the week. And for this week, it is none other than the pack, the wacky pirate himself, Mike Leach. Uh, after their big win, uh, SEC Network reporter Alyssa Lang, who I figure most people listening to this podcast, if you have an interest in media, know who she is. She's phenomenal. She's not just a great reporter, but she's also super fun. She does like social media challenges and she like drinks mayonnaise with will levis on the air so she's really good like she gets it she gets she's not super stuffy like some of the other people out there she caught up with mike leach after the game which makes for a great pairing and she asked him any advice as she's getting married soon i would kind of keep it on the down low which you failed to do that trevor was probably planning to but you didn't uh so go ahead and uh uh, don't don't say anything else about it, but as soon as the season's over, or even an off week, go elope. Trust me on that. <laughs> go elope. Because uh, basically every female in the family is going to terrorize you guys until it's over. Once it's over, <laughs> I mean, they'll be upset for a few days, but it'll be over. And then, you know, you cruise away, uh, along, have a happy marriage, have a happy life. I'll pass along the message. Thanks, Coach. Congrats on the win. Trevor, unless he's crazy, is totally on my side. And trust me on this. If Trevor doesn't uh, have the sense to do that, tell him to call me because, I mean, he needs to do trust. I've told all my kids, I'll give you $10,000 extra if you elope. So far, they haven't done it, but I would, too. I'll have him call you for sure. Well, first of all, that's just phenomenal Second, in every way. Uh, second of all, you are the married one out of the two of us. So explain to me how you interpreted that audio from Coach and uh, the practicality of it. So the way I interpreted it, I'm actually I'm not sure if Mike Leach is married or divorced or anything like that. But the way I took it is once you get into the there's two stages of it, the early part and the days leading up to the wedding. There's an in-between period where everybody kind of leaves you alone and there's no questions about it. And, oh, we're looking forward to the wedding, all that. But those two periods of time that I mentioned, you, there's just constant bombardment of just questions from whether it's where do we fly into, where do we stay, what do we wear, all this kind of stuff that just is so overwhelming to a bride specifically. I, I'm not going to sit here and act like I did a ton of planning for our wedding. Because you didn't know anything. Exactly. I, I tried to stay out of it as much as I could. You, you put the suit on and you walk down the aisle. That's right. I, I did my part. said yes a lot. Yeah. So I think what Mike Leach is trying to say there is just avoid all of that and just elope. And then you're not spending crazy money either on a wedding. You have a, a certain amount of money set aside for a wedding. Then just use all that for all the fun stuff afterwards. So that's how I would interpret that if I was Alyssa Lang. So if her and Trevor, you know, want some extra extra cash, listen to Mike Leach. Did your wife want an extravagant wedding or did she want something small? 
I wouldn't say extravagant. We ended up having about 200 and something people, I think. So you had, a big, yeah, that's, you, you had a big wedding. You had a big Yeah. Wedding. So it was big, but we both have big families. Okay. Like everyone's divorced and remarried and has, you know, so it's all built out. So we had a lot of family there and friends. We did it in Oxford, uh, which by the way, you mentioned horror movies. The only horror movie I watched this weekend was the Ole Miss Kentucky game. The end of that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a sounder we're still working on is the, the drum roll. So anyway, we did it in Oxford, Mississippi, where we met and all that kind of stuff. We didn't want like anything over the top crazy, but uh, we, we enjoyed the size of our wedding. An elopement would have been we would have you know, taking ourselves to Italy or something and got married by ourselves. And disappointed a lot of people, which yeah, I think is, they, which they I think is the problem. That's the problem with what co- coach's theory right there is, especially if the wedding was already announced and she's in the media, he's in the media. They have like media people that make it even more like glamorous than it would be for just a normal person like you or I. <laughs> You know, so there's. Hey, I was in the media in Mississippi when I got married, so Mike Leach could have could have advised me. But yeah, ours wasn't as high profile. And look where you are now, coming to us live from the 92.9 Game Update (laughs) Studio booth. So we've we've seen where that that ball and dust has trickled down to. (laughs) No, I mean, I I think I think in theory, coach is on to something there, but I think in practical application, as usual with a lot of the things that Coach Leach likes to say. Uh, I don't know if uh, the Lang family and I don't know what Trevor's last name is, but I think I think both of those families would be sorely disappointed. But the other angle there is how great is it that we have a guy like that in college football? He's just so much fun and he wins and he gets guys like Gardner Minshew into the NFL. And, you know, he's he's just perfect for for that sport. I don't think he'd ever work as an NFL coach, but the guys like Mike Leach are what make college football so much fun. Yeah. As much as an Ole Miss grad, I, I don't want to sit here and give Mississippi State much credit for a lot of things. Hiring Mike Leach was the best thing that they've done in a very long time. They had their identity as this kind of hard nose underdog team. Dan Mullen, they hired Joe Moorhead and these guys that were they're good coaches. They don't move the needle and bring kids to Mississippi State. Right. Mike Leach is a guy that kids want to play for. He's a guy that us in the media, we love playing his clips on the air, off the air here on the podcast. And it, it's what creates buzz around a program. And nobody does that better than Mike Leach. For those who don't know, how much of a B is a mistake to Ole Miss? I'm going to say it's a huge little brother syndrome. I know that there are state fans out there that don't want to admit that, but it is very true. Oxford is leaps and bounds better than Starkville, and Ole Miss is leaps and bounds better than Mississippi State. And that is a completely unbiased opinion. Oh, of course. I would never let my biases as a rebel get in the way of my integrity as a journalist. Yeah. Um, well, unfortunately, here in Atlanta, that's something, uh, you know, as long as Kirby Smart is the head coach of this football team, those types of sound bites we are never going to get from Mr. Kirby. Never. We'll, we will continue to pluck them uh, from the college football world as we find them and bring them to you here off air 
man, he is just he is something. There, there, do you remember the one where he was like breaking down like if a wizard fought a pirate yeah. and if a pirate fought like a leopard? Like it was like I think it was all the Pac-12 mascots when he was out at uh, Washington. That's right. State. Yeah, he like doing a fight. He went through the whole he, conference and he like actually, but he like broke it down as if it was he was breaking down the <laughs> tight end versus linebacker matchup in the game last weekend. It was yeah, just, it, it, it doesn't get better than that. It really doesn't. And and when I was there, when I was in Mississippi, you know, they hired Lane, Ole Miss hired Lane Kiffin. They hired Mississippi state hired Mike Leach and then Jackson state hired Deion Sanders. And it was just a perfect storm of, of great coaches, great personalities that all somehow came together at the same time. And, you know, we, we may not have time today, but there's a viral story of, of Lane Kiffin's, hiring and when he landed in oxford that i was actually kind of right in the middle of so there's a tease potentially oh for wow look episode. at that steve stevie teasy is what we're gonna call him <laughs> for, as we wrap up hey there it is meeting nugget bell another <laughs> one of our fancy schmancy tools that we have here on off air well i think sir that'll about wrap up this episode another fantastic edition if i do say so myself we tackled media hot takes surrounding the falcons quarterback must they be stick to or not we tackled what's going on in movies and TV. Two great recommendations for you guys. Dahmer on Netflix. And if you're into being scared out of your you-know-what, go see Smile in theaters and then have an awful nice sleep. And, of <laughs> course, the one and only Mike Leach. I am Chris Thomas. Hit me up at C Thomas Radio. Steve Gagliano finally figured out how to get his Twitter username up there. Hit him up. I was at, too busy working on sound effects. At, you know what? You're not wrong. Hit him up at Peeve Gagliano. We'll have a fresh one coming out for you in just a couple days. This has been the Off Air Podcast.